Time to get started on the best in the world sports report. What's going on? My name is John Brown. Vince Villani not here this week. A lot going on in sports this weekend. So let's get right into it. We have the NFL playoffs. We have the conference championship. We got our final four taking place this weekend. You got Atlanta and Green Bay. You have uh, Pittsburgh and New England. Very exciting matchups. We will talk about that with Steve Weissman from the NFL Network. And then later on today uh, in this podcast, we will have Anthony Gilbert from Slam Magazine. He's going to come in. We're going to talk a little Ben Simmons. We're going to talk a little Joel Embiid. Talk a little uh, Jaleel Okafor. I wanted to start with that today, actually. I wanted to start today's show talking about Jalil Okafor. Um, He's kind of found himself as the odd man out when it comes to the 76ers. The 76ers are, they're, sur- they're surging. You know, it's still a little bit early to uh, to really say where this thing is going. I mean, they're they're headed in the right direction. It's funny. I joked with some people today. I've joked with people. In fact, I've joked with people all week that this I am probably the most excited that I have ever been for a team that is currently about 12 games under 500. And that's where the Sixers stand right now. But but nonetheless, I'm watching. You know, I'm involved. I'm all in on this team. I would look, I'm going to be I'm going to be honest, man. I feel like I deserve this. I deserve this because I was in on the process. A lot of people weren't I mean, let's keep it real. In this city, fans in this city always will always tell you that when the team is struggling, that they want you to tear it down and rebuild. The Eagles just the Eagles just finished a season where they did not make the playoffs. And despite having a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach, there are still people who want to tear this thing down and start all over. You hear it. They say Doug's not going to be able to get it there. Maybe Carson Wentz isn't the man. Now, that is, now there are probably more people who doubt Doug than doubt Carson. I mean, I think the Carson haters are a little, they're there. They're out there. But they not they might not they're not the majority. But nonetheless, after one season, there are people who feel like the Eagles need to tear it down and rebuild. There are always people who believe that in this city the best option is to tear it down and rebuild. That is until a team actually tears it down and rebuilds. Because that's what the Sixers did. The Sixers tore it down, all the way down, tore it down to the ground, and completely rebuilt their franchise. And it was a process. Yes, I meant to say that. It was a process that was going to take a long time. It's been three to four years now. You know, those... 
that 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 last year of Doug Collins was a long time ago. The Andre Iguodala, Elton Brand, Thaddeus Young Sixers. It's a long time ago. But now, after, you know, struggling and struggling and top draft pick after top draft pick, you are now starting to see the fruits of that labor. And the biggest fruit in in the bunch right now is Joel Embiid. Now, you have another big fruit, hopefully on the horizon, coming out of that bunch, and that's going to be Ben Simmons. And we're excited about them because let's, I mean, let's keep it real. Let's be honest. Joel Embiid is a very exciting player. He is a charismatic player. You like watching him play. You like watching him on social media. You like him in interviews. You like what he does. Not only is he a shiny new toy, he's a shiny new toy that you enjoy playing with. You like how he interacts with this team. You like this team is exciting to watch when he's on the floor. You're all in when when he plays. Now, they are bringing him along slowly. They still have the minutes restrictions. He doesn't play back-to-back games. And there's back-to-back games this weekend. There's a game on Friday. There's a game on Saturday. So more than likely, he's not going to play on Saturday. And when he does not play, when the game comes up that he does not play, we are going, we're probably going to start Jalil Okafor. And un- unfortunately, Jalil Okafor has kind of been cast as the wet blanket of this team. You know, it's like, when you see Okafor coming into a game, it completely just sucks the air out of the room, sucks the wind out of the sails. I mean, you I mean, honestly. It's like when you have a really 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 cool teacher. No, you know, let me let me let me let me start over with my analogy. You had a really 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 cool substitute and then one day you come back to school and your regular teacher is back. Is that kind of disappointment? That's how you feel in games when Okafor plays with Embiid. And those have been few and far between lately. We're not even seeing them in the same games together. Like in order to see Jaleel Okafor in a game now, you have to not see Joel Embiid in that game. So he's racking up DNP coaches' decisions. And quite frankly, that always, I mean, that always perplexes me. It used to perplex, it, it used to perplex me. It used to confuse me. It used to irk me when Doug Collins would sit Evan Turner. Now, yeah, you know, you we all know what Evan Turner turned out to be. But the fact still remains is Evan Turner was the second pick in the draft. So when you come to a game and you watch the second pick in the draft never take off his warm-ups, that will bother me. Which brings us to Jaleel Okafor, who is racking up all the DNPs lately. 
and it doesn't seem to bother that many people. I mean, it's, it, it just doesn't. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not blind. I watch these games just like you. So I see him struggling. I, or I, I would say I see him struggling defensively. I don't think he's really struggling offensively. But I think he has a game that lends itself to he needs he needs to play with a facilitator. Because he's a big man. He's more of your classic, traditional big man. And yeah, you know, you're always going to meet those people who say, oh, the game is changing. The game is changing. You got to change with it. Players like him are a dinosaur. And you know what? They're kind, right? But I also feel like, you know what? The reason why we've gone away from that is not necessarily because those players don't aren't around anymore. It's just you know, they're a little bit more rare. You're not going, you know, the days of the David Robinsons and Hakeem Olajuwans and the Shaqs and the Pat Ewings and 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 all those uh dominant Alonzo Mourning, those big dominant centers, those days are over. You just don't have those types of players. Players are rail thin, they're not that big, and they're not that dominating anymore. You know, you just don't see those kinds of players. But what bothers me is, you know, for all the things you knock about Jaleel Okafor, when you look at his numbers, I still feel like there is, he has something to contribute to this team. He can contribute to this team. And it just seems like when you watch it's almost like it's just not being utilized right. You need to feed him. You need to get him the ball. And I think those problems, the problems that you have, the reasons why Jaleel Okafor struggles so much, kind of speak to what is really the true problem with the Sixers. And that's their lack of a point guard. Now we like we all like TJ McConnell. You know, he's a scrappy player, you know, and he's and he's played a lot better. I mean, he's I mean I would even go as far to say as of late he's played out of his mind. He has. He really has. He's played out of his mind. But he's somebody who's really meant to play with your second unit. Maybe even your third unit. Now, quite frankly, I think, I mean, the proof is in the pudding because I think he's played better. Jalil Okafor has played better when he's been put, play, play, when he plays offense alongside TJ McConnell. Look to that Washington game last week. Yes, they lost. Yes, I understand that they lost. But what did you see from Okafor? You saw what, 10 of, uh, I think it was 10 of 16. 10 to 16 shooting. 10 to 16 shooting. We'll go with that. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Whatever. Correct me. Sue me. Who cares? 10 to 16 shooting 26 points. That's what you need. Give that big man the rock. That he needs a point guard who can give him the rock. Now look, I <laughs> I understand that I'm sitting here on a podcast. You know, kind of waving the flag, opining for for 
Jaleel Okafor when we have Joel and B. And I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm not even, you know, I'm not even, I wouldn't even get drunk enough to even try to, to try to compare the two. Like, I love him, B. He's not going anywhere. But I am, it just, it concerns me that it seems like so many people have written off Jaleel Okafor. Like, they've just completely decided that this kid can't play. He can't play, and he'll never get better. But when you look at it, let's look, let's, I mean, let's look at the big picture here still. Jaleel Okafor only played one year of college. He's two years removed from college. He should still be a he should be a college junior right now. He's twenty one years old. We've decided that he can't get any better. He can't improve. He'll never get any better than what he is now at twenty one years old and eighty three games played. Jalil Okafor has played a total of eighty three games. That's one whole season. And one game. And we've decided we've had enough. Now, granted, I can't knock that man's defense. Yes, Jaleel Okafor, his his defense, I mean, let's keep it real. He sucks. He sucks on D. You know, you watch games, you watch, you watch games with, jo- you, with Joel Embiid. And then you watch Embiid come off the court with the lead, and you see Ja go in, and that that lead disappears. It just out and out disappears. But here's the thing: with with even with his defensive shortcomings, why have we decided? as a fan base, that he can never get better. He'll never get better. That's what we're telling you. That's what we're telling ourselves, that he is what he is. At 21 years old, two years removed from college, and only 83 total games played, we have decided that we have seen enough. We have seen all we need to see, and he is what he is. This is the third pick in the draft we're talking about right now. Pick number three, and we've given up on him. That's just something I don't get. I want you guys to tell me what you think. Hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at BITW Sports. Once again, at BITW Sports sports because I and, and, and I know I'm gonna I'll probably take a few hits because people are people are probably gonna hit me I, I can read the tweets now it's like are you serious you stick it up for Ja you take it up for him he's done man can't play defense he's a dinosaur I don't know I'm not I'm not sold on it I I feel like you have him here, and I put more of a charge on Brett Brown. Like, why is this such a struggle? Why can't you figure this out? Now, granted, once again, you know, just, you know, allow me to play both sides of the fence. Team's playing better. Team is playing better with him not in games. So, given that, you know what, hey, 
I can't complain too much. But nonetheless, because I am who I am, I'm still going to complain a little bit. You know? Still got a little bit to complain about. Not much. Not much. But I'm still going to complain. Now, look. It's... I... There's a part of me that does not want this to happen, but I understand the reality of it. And the fact of the matter is you got Embiid, you got Noel, and you got Okafor, and one of those guys has to go. Maybe even two. Somebody has to go. And this takes me back to that time, that that point in time, the last time the Sixers, you know, they were trying to rebuild, and it ended up that they had two... Young, you know, hopeful superstars. You hope that these players would end up being superstars. And that was when they had Allen Iverson and Jerry Stackhouse. And you knew, it, it became obvious during that, that, First year, Iverson's rookie year, that would have been Stackhouse's second year, that they played the same position. You know, you you as long as Iverson was in college, you thought that he was going, to, you thought that he was going to be a point guard. Now he could score, he could always score. Couldn't necessarily, you know, he wasn't the best shooter, but he could score. You know. It, he didn't have to do a lot of facilitating because he was so fast. And I think what what they pretty much made him do is, hey, get this ball and run. But when he came in, I guess you thought he was going to be the point guard with Jerry Stackhouse as your two guard. And it just became obvious that, no, that's not going to happen. And it's probably better suited for Allen Iverson to be the two guard and you need a better point guard who can run your offense and facilitate for Iverson instead of asking Iverson to facilitate for himself and the players around him. So a move had to be made. When that move was made, he was traded. uh, Jerry Stackhouse was traded to Detroit and they got back Theo Ratliff and Aaron McKee. Two players that became very, very, very important cogs in the growth of the Sixers. I say all that because, once again, it looks like one of these guys, one of these big men have to go. Whether it be Nerlens Noel or Jaleel Okafor. And it's starting to look like it's going to be Okafor. Much to my dismay, but I can get over it quick. Don't want to see Okafor go, but if he's got to go, he's got to go. That being so, so with that, I look to that trade. If because it's obviously you, you know you're not going to get, you know, uh, you're not going to get a top five draft pick. And when I say like a player who was a player who was already drafted at the top of the draft, you're not going to get that guy. You might not get what what's on the surface as equal value. And honestly, 
for the most part, I'm a type of person that says if you can't get equal value for a player, you don't trade them. But in this situation where you have Joel Embiid, you have Ben Simmons coming soon. You have Dario. You have enough talent and you have enough potential superstars that if you have to trade Jaleel Okafor and take a loss, now is the time to do it. However, if if in taking that loss, the players that you get back can be, you know, important cogs in the growth of this team, then so be it. Then that's what you got to do. And for me, as someone who sat up here and, and stuck up for Jaleel Okafor many times, if this is if this ends up being what you get back, yeah, you know what, it will disappoint me, but I'll get over it really, really, really quick. So look, let's take a quick break. Let's take a pause for the cause. Once again, I want to remind you guys to hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BITW Sports. Once again, that is at BITW Sports. My name is John Brown. This is the best in the world sports report, the Philly Sports Podcast. We'll take a quick break and then we'll come back. We'll talk a little football. We're going to talk football with Steve Weissman of the NFL Network. That's my homie. I've known that man for a couple of years now. He's going to call in. He's got a lot of good insight. A lot of good insight. And he's going to. This is going to be good, all right? We'll talk NFL playoffs. We'll talk the conference championships. And then we'll come back later and re, uh, re-enter re this Sixers conversation. All right? Best in the world sports support. My name is John Brown. I'll be right back. Peace. My suit can still make an impression. And my lamp can bring others a bright future. Because when I donate my stuff to Goodwill, it helps fund job placement and training for people right in my community. Goodwill. Donate stuff. Create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. Brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. And we are back on the best in the world sports report. It's a good weekend for football. We got the final four going on. After this weekend, we will know who will be in the Super Bowl. You got Atlanta and Green Bay. You got New England. You got Pittsburgh. So to make sense of this, had to call my man out on the West Coast. So let's bring in my man, Steve Weissman from the NFL Network. Steve, what's going on, my brother? How are you doing? I love it. It's the best. The best in the world. The best so in the happy world. Part of it. <laughs> hey, we're happy. We're <laughs> happy to have you. You know, to be a part of this, man. Glad you could. Uh, you could make it in. You enjoying all that that California sunshine right now? Loving life out in well, California. You no, know, it's, it's 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 raining right now. We, we're we're in in the midst of some uh, some bad weather. So what? It is still. It's not snowing. It's not you know too cold. But it's like fifties. And right now, I'm looking outside my window. I, I'm I live on the beach and it's pouring rain and I'm not very happy about it. See, there, there, there's an old song. You, you remember the song. It never rains in Southern California. I, 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 I believed that. 
They're Tony, lying. <laughs> Tony, Tony, Tony lied to us, man. Hey, look, yeah, man, they Cali- did it again. California is killing the game right now. Y'all out here stealing teams, stealing teams from cities. Y'all about to have. Y'all went from for twenty years no football to now two years. You know, two you know two teams in two years. Yeah, you know, it's exciting. Um, is it? Is, is, is I mean, are our 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 uh, LA football fans are they excited about now? Absolutely. I mean, people are stoked for the Rams. Um, there's a lot of excitement surrounding that team and, you know, what's to come in the future. And I think for the Chargers, there's, there's some disappointment from San Diego. A lot of folks are, are bummed out that, that they're leaving. Um, but certainly, I think it's going to be a cool atmosphere next year because they're playing for the StubHub Center, which is where the LA Galaxy, the MLS team, plays. Okay. Um, so it's a 30,000-seat stadium, very small, very intimate um, so I think I think that'll be kind of a cool atmosphere for the Chargers, and then of course they're building uh, state of the art, you know, massive new stadium in Inglewood uh, that both teams will be housed at in a couple of years, and so um, you know, looking forward to, to having a, a beautiful new stadium here. All right. Well, look, let's get uh, let's get right into it. All right, let's get into the conference championships. Once again, you got Atlanta, right. you got Atlanta and Green Bay, you got New England and Pittsburgh, and right now everybody. Everybody pretty much thinks that it's going to be New England and Green Bay. They think it's going to be the battle of Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. But me, okay. you know, meanwhile, you know, Atlanta's pretty good and Pittsburgh is pretty good. You know, it's like this yeah. is this is not going to be, you know, th- these aren't going to be two pushover games. So let me let me ask you first first and foremost, I want you to make the case for an Atlanta Pittsburgh Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, well, let me start with Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta's played extremely well all season. They've got a prolific offense. They led the NFL in scoring offense, nearly 34 points a game. And the Packers, not too bad. They rank fourth, 27 points a game. But in playoff games between top five scoring offenses, the higher-ranked team has won the last eight times. So that would give you the Atlanta Falcons coming out on top. They scored 540 points this season. That's the eighth-most points a team has scored in a single season in NFL history. That's massive. Matt Ryan, I think he has reached a point in his career where he's really kind of shaken off those playoff demons. He lost his first three career playoff starts, but now he's won two of his last three. He's 4-1 and one this season against Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks. So on the other side, you've got Aaron Rodgers, a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. Matt Ryan does well against those teams. He's 6-0 and oh this season against teams that finished in the bottom 10 in pass defense. The Packers ranked 31st in pass defense this season. So Matt Ryan picks those teams apart. And they're, they've only allowed 19 points per game and held their opponents to 221 passing yards during their five-game win streak. So a lot of good things for the Atlanta Falcons. They're at home as well. It's the final game of the Georgia Dome. I mean, in Philly, you know, w- w- when they ended there, the uh, veteran stadium, mm-hmm. it was one of the, the three teams to ever end a stadium in a conference championship game. So I think they're going to be hyped in the ATL. Let me give you my case for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. Uh, ben Roethlisberger has been doing his thing all year long. They have an amazing offense as well. The Steelers, get this, they're 5-0 and in rematch games this season. They beat the Bengals, the Ravens, the Browns, the Dolphins, and the Chiefs in their second meeting. Remember, Pittsburgh lost to New England in Week 7. So this is another rematch. Steelers have never dropped a rematch game all season long. Pittsburgh is also 4-0 in primetime games this season, including the playoffs. And they've won those games by an average of about 20 points. Obviously, 
AFC Conference Championship. This is prime time. There's only two games this weekend. They haven't lost a game there. So uh, you've got that stuff going on. You've got Le'Veon Bell, the first player in NFL history to rush for 150 or more yards in each of his first two career playoff games. Antonio Brown, 100 or more receiving yards in each of his last four playoff games. And they do well when it comes to these type of situations. So that's my case for the Steelers and the Falcons. I think both of these games are going to be fantastic, but I, I truly do believe that Atlanta and Pittsburgh have a great shot. Well, there you have it. Steve Weissman has just told everybody who's listening to the Best in the World Sports Report that New England and, and New England and Green Bay do not stand a chance. They will get destroyed this weekend. No, no. <laughs> that's not true. There's a, there's a great chance. I could give you a case for the Packers and the Patriots as well. Okay. Now, you told me to give you a case for the Falcons and Steelers. Well, so well, 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 well then let's let's get into that. Uh, but, but, okay. But, but, but first, I wanted, I wanted to stick with Matt Ryan for a second. You know, okay. You know, the whole thing about, I mean, this is four, we have four great quarterbacks playing this weekend. You know, of course, uh, Brady's one of the best ever, and we'll talk about that in a second, too. But you also have Big Ben, who has a couple of rings. You got Aaron Rodgers, who has a ring, and has also been to another, and been back to a Super Bowl. Does Matt Ryan, you know, I guess we don't normally put Matt Ryan in that category, that upper echelon category, but for him to now be put in that category, does he have to win it all? Meaning, does he have to win this weekend against Aaron Rodgers and next uh, in two weeks at the Super Bowl against either Big Ben or Tom Brady to be thrusted into that one of the best in the game today? Uh, that that conversation, does Matt Ryan have to win it all to be put in that, that category? I think, listen, I mean, he, he's one of the best in the game right now, no matter what he does this weekend and next weekend. He has proven that uh, year after year, and especially this season, 38 touchdown passes this season. The only guy who threw more, Aaron Rodgers, who threw 40. So, I mean, he's right up there in every category. In order to be put into the greatest in the game, I think, yeah, he he needs to win a Super Bowl because all those other guys have done that. And so uh, a lot of times we talk about, you know, players and you know what they do based upon how they have performed in big games and whether they have rings and that's what matters and so Aaron Rodgers has a ring Ben Roethlisberger has you know multiple rings Tom Brady greatest of all time why because of the rings so Matt Ryan needs to win a Super Bowl to to put his name in in that type of elite category Um, you know we talk about Drew Brees we talk about even Eli Manning why not I mean he's got two rings it takes something to play your best when it matters the most in any sport. He's one of the best in the game right now, but to get to that next level, you gotta you got to get a ring. Speaking of rings, we come to the other side of this. We come to the other side of this conversation. You got Tom Brady, who almost has as many rings as he does fingers. He, <laughs> you know, if, if, if he comes out, if he comes out of this, this whole thing with another Super Bowl, are you now putting yep. him is is he now the goat? Now I know, like I, I, say, I already think he is. Yeah, you are. Okay. Think he is. You are. You already have him as the goat because I mean, <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of people who who. who um, well, a lot of well, I will say, you know, I, I I put Montana there, but I also okay. but 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 here's the thing, you know. You you know I think the the biggest case for Montana is never losing, so for me to then be you know you if you're going to to put not losing 
as, you know, if that's going to be the crux of your argument, if that's what you're going to send your argument about, then you then have to win more than that guy. So well, once, Let me tell you this, because you, you know I do tennis as well. Uh-huh. So Stan Wawrinka and Andy Murray both have three Grand Slam titles to their name. Okay. You say who's better, most people will say Andy Murray. Andy Murray's been in 11 major finals. He's mm-hmm. lost eight of them and won three. Stan, Stan is three for three. He's been to three. He's won three. Mm-hmm. But Andy, you would say he's a part of the big four with Roger Federer, Rafa Nadal, Novak Djokovic. He's won two gold medals. He's, he's won a ton more Master 1000 mm-hmm. titles. But if you just looked at the majors, it's three for three, and, and Stan's won all of them. He's never lost one. Mm-hmm. But I still say Andy's a, be, a better player. So I say Tom has been there more often. That means more to me. Yeah, sure, Joe's undefeated. I mean, and, and by the way, this is a great argument. Like mm-hmm. Joe Montana, he's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah it's not like Joe you Montana. Know, you back know, and forth. You know, we're not, we're not, not talking like Joe Blow, Joe, you know, Joe Cool right. or something. We're, we're, <laughs> You know, this is one of the greatest of all time. And, 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 and I, do, I, do, I see what you're saying, but go ahead. Brady's making his 11th start in a conference championship game. Mm. There are only three other teams that have as many conference championship appearances. Get that? Like Tom Brady himself, 11th start in a conference championship game. Only three other teams, the Steelers, the Niners, and the Cowboys. And they don't have that many more. The Steelers have been to 16, the Niners 15, mm-hmm. Cowboys 14. So those are franchises compared to one dude. But that's pretty great. That is. I mean, that, that, and once again, you know, and just like, like you can't, like, you can't slight Joe Montana, but you also can't slight Tom Brady either. And I think sometimes you tend to when the player is still playing. Like when, when you know that, the book has not closed. You know, you're still right. When you're still writing chapters in the book of Tom Brady, you you don't get to actually sit back and like really assess what he's done or what he's doing. So you, you, you because Montana's done, he's in the Hall of Fame. You know, he's up there on that. You know that 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 pedestal. You know, that's one thing. So you kind of think Tom, right. Tom's not on there, but when you take a when you take a look back, like okay, even if Brady does not win, even if he finish, you know, say say he he does get past Big Ben this weekend and loses in the Super Bowl, puts him now with three. Uh, was he now four, uh, four for seven? Still, you know, that's still. Well, I mean, he's he's won four Super Bowls. So yeah, yeah. So one I mean, four, like, one four. Winning, yeah, if he even if he lost, yeah. you know, the fact that he's won four, been to seven. You know, you yeah. think of how many, you know, how many great quarterbacks that you would also put in that conversation that wouldn't dream about, that couldn't dream about being in seven Super Bowls. You've been to, yeah, you know, absolutely. you've been to seven, and just like you said, starting eleven, you know, eleven. You know, yeah. and so so yeah. I mean, I I understand. You know, so I mean, it's kind of like when you talk about LeBron and MJ too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. LeBron LeBron's got three rings. He's been to more finals that he hasn't won. Obviously, Jordan's Jordan. He he went six for six, and um, people say, you know, I don't know. It's tough to compare. And then you got Kobe in that mix too. I still because probably because of my age, go Jordan's the greatest of all time. Yeah. But at some point. The young cats are gonna be like, "Who's Michael Jordan?" Yeah, you know, no, other I, than his shoes. I understand. So, and just like and just like that is, you know, like my father is always quick to point out when people try when people try tried to say like it was so blasphemous to put LeBron James in the same category as Michael Jordan. Like my father would always point out to me that 
a lot of those people, their parents used to think it was blasphemous to put Michael Jordan in the same category as Dr. J. And that there you, you know, go. The, yeah. their their parents thought it was blasphemous to put Dr. J in the same category as a Bill Russell or a Wilt Chamberlain. So, you know, it, it does, it, you know, history repeats itself. There's a cycle. There'll always be someone, you know, soon, you know, soon, you know, our children, whoever it is, you know, children, grandchildren, you know, whatever, will have a superstar and we'll be, they'll want to put that person in the same category as LeBron James and we'll look at them like they're crazy. Like, are, are you sick? Like, are you stupid or something? Yeah, there's, there's always somebody new. There's always somebody better. There's always, you know, the, the new talent that's coming up. So, mm-hmm. but right now, I mean, we're, we're, we're blessed to have all of these guys playing in their prime. I mean, to have Tom Brady, to have Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, who, I mean, honestly, I think Aaron Rodgers is playing the best of any quarterback in the league right now. I mean, the, the passes he made last week and, you know, what he has done. This team started four and six. Mm-hmm. And, and ever since Aaron was like, yeah, I think we're going to run the table. That's exactly what they've done. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, that's, that's pretty sick. All right, let's let's, uh, let's bring it back to let's bring it back to the AFC Championship game real quick. Uh, a lot of things coming out of Pittsburgh right now. You know, there was the Antonio Brown story to start the week. You know, Mike Tomlin coming out and everything going on. And with and it, it's funny because it seems like with all that, all all those headlines going towards the Steelers this week, are the Pats like are the Pats flying under the radar? You think? I mean, it's like I there's mean, not a lot of talk that's, about that's the, the Patriot way, right? Yeah. And that's Bill Belichick. He, he gives you nothing. He's, you know, on to on to the next game, and and that's that's just how they handle their business, which has been extremely successful because mm-hmm. they don't really have a lot of distractions. Um, I don't think they're flying under the radar when you're Bill mm-hmm. Belichick, Tom Brady, and and that that team. You're, you're going to be. I mean, you just talk, like you started this whole conversation by saying everybody expects the Patriots and the Packers to win. Mm-hmm. So certainly, a lot of people are talking about them. Mm-hmm. That said it's positive conversation. It's not negative. And, and a lot of the Steelers talk this week has been, you know, with, with Antonio Brown and doing the Facebook live thing and Mike Tomlin having to not only discipline uh, Brown, but also, you know, apologize for some of the stuff that he said during, during uh, that post game speech. So I don't think you want those distractions heading into your biggest game of the year. Uh, I think that can take away from the focus on the field Mm -hmm. And the Patriots are, are certainly, you know, all buttoned up as far as we know. So, um, you know, that, that, that could be an issue for sure. Two, two things, a statement and then a question. One, Mike Tomlin's press conference at, when he explained what was going to happen in the wake of you know, this whole Antonio Brown thing just proved to me that that man might – he might not be – he he couldn't. It wouldn't matter what he says. I will do what he tells me to do. That was that was that was. <laughs> that was it, it does not matter. He could go out there and instruct. If I was a football player, he could go out and instruct me to do something completely wrong, and I would yep. believe that it would help the football. He could tell me and say, "Hey, this is what I want you to do. Line up in the backfield. You're going to take this pitch, and I want you to run the complete wrong direction into the other end zone, and I'll do it." If he, if, if, he, if he told me if, if, if that's what he told me to do, you know what? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. You think that's what's going to help us win? Because I, I just I, I feel like like Tom Mike, Mike Tomlin is who I based my whole Pee Wee coaching career after like him. Like you know, when I was coaching my son's leagues in, in in football, 
didn't know anything about football, but I just felt like if I said it in a demonstrative way, kids would listen. And that's what, okay. and that's what, you, and that's what you'll end up doing. Like I, I, like I do believe that Mike Tomlin's a great coach. You know, I thought, you know, I thought what Terry Brad, you know, his, I thought Terry Bradshaw's criticism of him was, was a little. I thought it was a little misguided, a little off base. I do think he's a good coach, but what I like about him is he is so demonstrative, where it does not matter what he says. You know that if he says it, he believes it. And that's what I got out of that meeting. I'm like, you know, yes, sir. I felt bad for Antonio Brown. Like you, you had to go into a locked door meeting with this guy. You walked in and saw this guy staring at you. I'd give up my phone. Yeah, I'd never. I don't know. I think I think it's different in the pros. I just think it's different. You know, uh, I think if he was, uh, I mean, I think Mike Tom is a great coach, a great leader. Um, if he told me to jump off a bridge, I would not do that. I would say why. And then I would probably still not, you know, I, I would question. But I'm just, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm a journalist. I, I tend to be uh, inquisitive. But I'm, I'm um, jumping. I, I I'm, said, I'm, 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 if, if you ask me, I'm jumping. Like, right, no, like Geronimo, man. <laughs> it's it's, it's, been, a, it's been a good run, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> you know, he does a good job of convincing us that he believes what he's saying. I don't know I mean, whether he does or not. Yeah. Certainly you believe that he believes. Yeah. Um, and, and, Am I going to – yeah, I, I, I think he's one of the best coaches in the game right now. I mean, that's, that's why he's been so successful and, and been there. But, but like I said, I mean, I still think that, that the players, they're the ones getting paid, you know, millions of dollars. Antonio Brown's probably the best receiver in the game right now, if not top two or three. Yeah. Um, and so no matter what Tomlin says to him, he's going to do his thing. Mm-hmm. He's going to twerk in the end zone. He's going to Facebook Live. He's going to, you know um, – he wants the Steelers to win, and and without him, certainly. I mean, so so if Mike Tomlin was going to make make a statement, wouldn't wouldn't you suspend him? Wouldn't you say like, all right, he's no, not but that's what I, that's what I like about what he said is like we're going to punish him, but we're not going to punish us. Like, yeah, you know what he did was messed up, but the fact still remains we're not beating the New England Patriots without him. You know, right? So, it, like, you know, keep keeping him out. You know, I could see maybe if this was a regular season game or, you know, first month of the season or whatever, you might have to sit him down for something like that. Or or even then, it, it might still be, you know, suspension might be considered too harsh. But but if this was if this was college, does he play this game? Yeah, he might this was to... the NCAA tournament or, or, or the college football, you know, playoff. Once again, I think I think that comes down to who it is. I think if it's your star player on the team, then you might – he might have to have a, a, a firm verbal thrashing. But then if it's, you know, some dude at the end of the bench who's, you know, just being a cheerleader, you know, doesn't even take his jersey, you know, doesn't even take his warm-ups off, yeah, yeah, you got to sit. You know, go sit with your parents, man. Right, which, which, which tells me there's different rules for star players. Okay, yeah. So, no matter, I, I mean, which, I buy that. Players have, which, which have the players have more um, leverage than the coaches. Maybe, you know, maybe, but I think – but I, I I think that's also at this at this point now you know just the way the league is that's common knowledge, where you know you know yeah. that if you're not a star on this team you're not getting away with like you know that you know the third you know, the third string you know fresh off the practice squad wide receiver isn't on Facebook Live during in the locker room you <laughs> right. you, you know that you know you see that like. If you see him, you know, if you're in the if you're in that locker room, you see Antonio Brown Facebook living, and you're you know right. the fifth string wide receiver. You're looking at him. You you don't even pick up your phone. 
You'd be like, hey man, that's great. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't even want, I, I don't even want to be in the video. I don't want to be associated with that. You know, it's like because you know, you know, Antonio's not getting suspended. You know, right? But you number five on the depth chart. You you missing you missing out. You're probably you're probably getting cut actually. Yeah, yeah you're gonna get yeah exactly. <laughs> you're not even taking the bus. Mm-hmm. You know you, exactly. You don't even get the home. you don't even get the ride home. You know you you're calling your mom. You're calling your girlfriend. Hey, I, I need somebody to come down to the stadium to get me. I'm sorry. They yeah. they won't even let me. They won't even let me walk to the parking lot to get my car. I, I need a ride. <laughs> you're call you're, you're calling an Uber for a ride home. But you know that, but that's just it. You know but yeah. But 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 on the on the flip side, you know, you know, you saw what Tomlin said. You heard, you know, you heard, you heard the comments. And I know you, in doing what you do, you interact with a lot of, you know, a lot of former players. What were their reactions? Was was this? I mean, that's really much ado about nothing. It's, it's, that's nothing that they haven't heard before, right? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think it's pretty pretty common. I would say. Um, so, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I'm, I'm going to be at NFL Network um, in like 12 hours mm-hmm. uh, hosting stuff. But I've been at Tennis Channel the whole previous week, so I haven't had interactions with the analysts mm-hmm. um, this, this past week to deal with that specific subject. Um, I have watched the network in general. But, um, yeah, I mean, this isn't, this isn't you know, something that's outlandish or, or out of the ordinary. So uh, I think Tomlin handled it well. Um, we'll see how the distraction plays out, um, you know, on the field, you know, come Sunday, because on the other side, you've got a team that, you know, is, is kind of doing what they do mm-hmm. and they've been there, they've done that and, and they don't, they don't have this type of stuff going on, but you know, that's what makes Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown. Um, I covered him when he was at central Michigan mm-hmm. and I was working in, in Saginaw, Michigan, and he's always been a great guy. And, uh, when I was at ESPN, and he, you know, rolled through Sports Center, mm-hmm. awesome, awesome uh, human. So, um, nothing against Antonio at all. Um, you know, obviously, it's a different world today with social media mm-hmm. and things that happen. I, I think you're going to see more and more of this um, as time progresses, and and maybe it'll even become a situation where it's just normal to have. It just becomes uh... this stuff live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just see it, whether it's Periscope, whether it's Facebook Live, whether you know, whatever it may be, there's cameras everywhere and you're just going to, there's, there's less privacy when it comes to the locker room and all, and all sorts of um, access. All right. Well, look, we, we are here. We got Steve Weissman from the NFL Network, also from the Tennis Network as well, talking conference championships this weekend. Now, before I let you go, now you, you made your case. You talked about how, you, how, Atlanta, <laughs> and, how Atlanta and Pittsburgh could win. You know, you, yeah. didn't, you, you didn't necessarily it was it, it wasn't a prediction. It wasn't necessarily a prediction, but you made the case for why this these two games will not be pushovers. This will not. I, I don't. You know, I don't. There's been a couple of blowouts. There been there have been some. You know, less than stellar games. But I I I don't believe that either one of these two games will be one of them. But what I do want to know what do what where do you think we will be come Monday when we're now shifting our attention towards the Super Bowl? Where what teams do you think we'll be talking about? That's a great question. <laughs> I, <it's, laughs> I don't I, predictions is is, uh, is a tough game to play because even if you get it right, you're not that much of a hero, and if no, you get no. it wrong, mm-hmm. the the other teams you hate you for life. So. <laughs> um, 
you know. Well, I'll have you back. And, you know, it's like, look, if I'll stand up for you. If any, if anyone wants to hate on you for your prediction, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I will stand up for you gladly. For some reason, I'm I'm going Atlanta, New England. Okay. All right, Atlanta, New England. I hear that. I hear that. Hey, I'm going. I'm going with the home team. The home team. All right. Well, look. Steve, I want to thank you, brother. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for making making it possible. Thanks for calling in. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks for having me. Always. All right. And uh, what uh, what shows are you working for uh, NFL Network this weekend? Where can we check you out? I will be. Uh, you'll see me on Up to the Minute um, Saturday morning, and then you will see me um, hosting from our studio our Senior Bowl practice coverage nice. next Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. All right. Look, man, that, well, that's good. We will be sure to check you out this weekend. Steve, thanks a lot, brother. Appreciate it. Thank uh, you. All right. That is Steve Weissman from the NFL Network. That's my homeboy. Known him for a long time. Look, we're going to take a pause for the cause, and then we are going to switch gears and talk Sixers for a little bit. Trusting the process and trusting the process of Joel Embiid, not trusting the process of all-star voting because that was some garbage. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Once again, Best in the World Sports Report. Hit us up, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at B-I-T-W Sports. Once again, that is at B-I-T-W Sports. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. I'm Little Teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle and here is my spell. No, that like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout, tip me over and pour me out. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. We are back on the best in the world sports report. What is going on? My name is John Brown. Thank you for downloading the podcast, checking us out. Or if you are listening on phillygoflow.com, we appreciate that. Remember, you can hear us every Saturday morning on the Philly on phillygoflow.com. You know, they got it. They still got a sandwiched in Saturday mornings right after the 80s show, right before the reggae show. So once again, there that's your morning. You got your jerry curls, you got your, your dreadlocks, and in the middle is me. Every Saturday on the phillygoflow.com. And once again, you can hit me up, tell me what you think of the show, at BITW Sports. I'm here all the time, at BITW Sports, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. NBA All-Star voting came out, uh, came out Thursday night. You know, we had all been, we had all worked really hard. Every last one of us. If you were Sixer Nation, you had been working on trying to get Joel Embiid in this all-star game. He needed to be a starter. Now, they switched it up a little bit. They made, they made, uh, I guess, they put the media and the players, they gave them a, a portion of the votes. And let's keep it real, y'all. The players screwed it up, man. It's the I blame the players for the fact that Joel Embiid is not, an all-star starter right now. Now, he very well could be a reserve, and that that would be cool, but I think he deserved to be a starter, and the players screwed it up. To me, it never should have changed. The all-star game was a game for the fans, so let the fans choose. Whatever happens, yeah, I understand, you know, you it, it's not 
You don't want it to be a popularity contest, but once again, it's a game for the fans. With the fans making a popularity contest, that's what it is. You know, if you you see if you see fans stuffing the ballot box to put Zaza Pachulia in the game, then you just got to step it up for your man. Whoever the player you want to be in, you need to step it up for him. Plain and simple. That's how it. That's how it evens itself out. That's how you cure problems like that. But I digress because we haven't talked a lot of Sixers on this show. You know, we haven't we haven't had a chance to. But they're giving us more and more reason to talk about it. People are now people other than just us and a couple other podcasts and people on Twitter. People are now starting to trust the process. Things are changing. The winds of change are blowing on our 76s, and we need to talk about this, all right? So, to talk about it, I had to call my man 50 Grand to come in, jump on the line, and talk to us. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring in Mr. Anthony Gilbert from Slam Magazine. Anthony, what's good, man? Thanks for coming on. Oh, John, it's a pleasure, man. And Anytime we can talk Sixers, I'm glad you gave me a call. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, man, look, man. I'm glad that we can talk about it too. Uh, things have changed. It, it, things have really changed now. Yeah. It, it, because for me, as a Sixers fan, it for the last couple of years, it has been hard to talk Sixers, especially especially with other basketball people and basketball fans. I mean, honestly, yeah. because I feel like before before this season, before things started to turn around. How much they've turned around, you know, that's that's a whole nother story. But it's like uh, before then, it, it felt like conversations about the Sixers were I mean it was like it was a different conversation. Like you could talk about what's going on in the league, you could talk about LeBron, you could talk about the Cavs, you could talk about the Warriors, the Spurs, or whoever. But if you wanted to talk about Sixers, it was almost like you're completely changing the subject. Yeah, you know? yeah, it was like one of those things. Like you kind of, uh, you kind of, you're curious. Like, how bad can it get? Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're asking yourself, how bad can it get? And then after you asked it, you then have to watch the game and see exactly how bad it had gotten. <laughs> and that's part of the exactly. that's part of the problem. But yeah. you know, yeah. as, as we as we all know from watching the game, you know. Th- one of the reasons, or if not the reason so far things have changed this season, has been number 21, Joel Embiid. Absolutely. You know, we, we you know, I led I led this segment talking about wanting wanting him and him deserving to be an all-star. Uh, an all-star mm-hmm. starter. I, I think he'll still I think there's a pretty good chance that he'll still make the all-star team. But you know yeah. but as far as being a starter, in your opinion, was he robbed? Yes, yes. Um, you, you, you absolutely touched on it. The, the players had an opportunity to cast their vote and to make picks because at the end of the day, it's their league. They're the experts. You know what I mean? And they dropped the ball. They got it right with Russell Westbrook, but they dropped the ball on Embiid. Now ben you said, Simmons got no, two votes. Mm, exactly. Well, that's the Ben. So I mean, to me, he got, he that, got two votes from the players. Exactly. So that means but at least two play, at least two players have not watched the Sixers at all. 
I mean, I saw, I saw two, I saw, well, here's the thing, and and it kind of blew my mind, because I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the player vote. I'm seeing votes for Ben Simmons, and then I'm seeing votes for Robert Covington. (laughs) And for me, and and, and then. It reminded me of a very sophomoric approach, like, these guys are young. And it's like, hey, man, let's vote Santa Claus. Let's vote Ben Simmons. Like, who cares? And and that's what happened. That that's what happened. You know, it's like it's stupid. You know, and a lot of them voted for Porzingis. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, I like Porzingis, but he hasn't changed the Knicks to to the degree mm-hmm. that Embiid has changed the South um, <laughs> the Celtics, the Sixers. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And, and, Crazy. I'm uh, now, and we'll get a little bit more into this later because I'm still. Mm-hmm. T- for me, I know a lot of people are saying that the Sixers should have went after Porzingis instead of Okafor, and I still remember Porzingis and Okafor matching up head to head and watching Jalil Okafor eat Porzingis's lunch numerous times <laughs> last season. So for me, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, as down as we are on Ja Okafor in this city right now, and we'll get into this more because mm-hmm. I think a little bit of that is, I, th- I, I really think that's unfair. But mm-hmm. as, 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 bad, as bad and as down as we are in this city on Ja Okafor, I still think he's a better player than Kristaps Porzingis. Now, once again, I know, I, look, I, I know just saying that right now, my Twitter feed is gonna is just gonna blow up. My DMs are gonna blow up. My texts are gonna blow up. My people asking me, "Am I yeah. crazy?" But I'm sitting there and saying, and the first thing I'm gonna look at, I'm gonna tell people is, you go to you go to games where Kristaps Porzingis started against Ja Okafor, and that will be the basis mm-hmm. of that argument. And I'll tell you, and I'll show you Ja Okafor abusing Kristaps Porzingis in games head to head. But the fact that once again he's receiving votes. You know, over Joel and beat it just it just shows how much the players really screwed up this All Star vote, and it's like yeah, I don't like I, said, they, I don't they, understand. They got it right for, for Westbrook. So, so you don't think Westbrook should have? You don't think Westbrook should have started? Well, no. See, the players voted him mm-hmm. in. Oh, okay. And the media voted him in, but the fans messed up for mm-hmm. Westbrook. Westbrook. And the you know, and the the players messed up on Embiid. Mm-hmm. You know, like the fans. I think the fans had Embiid at three. Yes. And the players had Embiid at five. So he was already out of those top mm-hmm. three positions for the front court. So, which is insane because, trust me, John. You know, I know. Mm-hmm. When we go to these games, we go to the locker room. He is on the scouting report. Yeah. People you got like, a game plan for him. Scout him. Mm-hmm. Yes. They tell that there's there's a real science to playing against the Sixers. Mm-hmm. And fortunately for the Sixers, in the last twenty games, it's been a battle. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and uh and the Sixers have come out on top. You know, in fact they're Six and two for the month of January. That is not bad. That, not, not bad. Not bad at all. Especially for especially for a team that won ten games last year. Ten total Actual, games. Yeah. I yeah. that 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 stretch of basketball after the All Star break in 2016 was probably 
one of the saddest stretches of basketball for myself and and Sixers yeah. fans like in life. And and, mm-hmm. and I feel like I've seen stretches of bad Sixer basketball. Like I remember the post Barkley Sixers. That was that was that that was sad. That that was just that was so bad. Mm-hmm. I started cheering for the Knicks. Oh, That's how bad it was. well, you know what? Let me, <laughs> I, I, I will tell you. I will t- you know. I will tell you. Like I find that acceptable because that's that's something we've done. We've talked about on this on this podcast before. Like the mm-hmm. rules of having two teams, <laughs> and, and what when when at, and at what age or at what age as men do we do, do you shed having two teams? Now, yeah, I, well, now you, you know what you know happened to me. Mm-hmm. I, just, just so that everyone knows, so that like, I don't start getting killed online. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Andre Iguodala, when he was in Denver, mm-hmm. came at came at me on Twitter. Oh boy! Because I I was a big Kobe fan, mm-hmm. and he came at me and was like, "How you cheering for Kobe in the Lakers?" And that's your hometown team. And he, he wrote that on Twitter mm-hmm. and pulled me pulled me on the carpet. <laughs> and I was like, you know what, man? You know what, Dre? You got me, man. You got me. You're right. You are right. So I have went down with the with the Sam Hinkie ship mm-hmm. and everything. But we're on our way back. <laughs> we, we on, so now let's look. It's still early. So we're you know the bandwagon. The Sixers bandwagon is not so far away where people who jumped off can't get back mm-hmm. on, you know, now there are some Absolutely. people who, who, who've gone way too far. They've gone way far left with this and, and they might not be allowed to get back on. But if, you know, if you, yeah. if, if you were at a point where you just had your doubts, like, look, I, I don't know. We drafted this dude third overall and he hasn't played in two mm-hmm. years. You know, that that's understandable. You know, I, I, I get that. You know, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at that. Now, you know, but like for me, I, I, I used to call myself a Knicks fan back in college. You know, it was like uh, back in college and high school because I used to like the fact that the Knicks, you, although they never really beat the Bulls, I used to like that they weren't afraid of the Bulls. Yeah, they battled. The yeah, they used yeah. to battle the Bulls. So I used to like, you know, I used to like that. So I used to like those old Patrick Ewing Knicks. But once that run ended, yeah. once the Knicks got rid of Patrick Ewing, that was the end of my fandom. Because that was pretty much like the, well, the, the fall of Patrick Ewing and the rise of Allen Iverson kind of coincided with one another. So it was time to say, okay, yeah. you know what, this, this was a good run. Knicks were my second team. And, you know, adios. Let me come back and be all in with the sixes. And that's pretty much where I've been for for the rest of life. Yeah, well, I agree. I think you made some excellent Mm -hmm. points. I was going to say, one thing you didn't touch on, you know, that was the end of Patrick Ewing in New York and the beginning of Iverson in Philly. Mm -hmm. But it was also the end of the Knicks franchise, as you know it. Yeah, that is true. They have not been Been the same. They ain't been right since. It's the curse of Pat, (laughs) man. They should never, you know. Yeah. Should have done him better, man. They should have done him better. Yeah. But let, let's get back to the let's get back to the present sixes because, as you know, mm-hmm. thing, things are looking up, and they got you know they got something on their sideline right now. You know, it's like as as, as good as things as good as things have gotten, as better as mm-hmm. they have looked. You know, there's still the fact that sitting on their sideline in some pretty nice looking suits, 
has been yeah. Ben Simmons. Yeah. Now, my question about him, and it kind of ties into the rest of this team, is one thing that you are looking – one thing that this team seems to lack, as as much as better as they have played, is the one thing that they seem to lack is a point guard. Now, yeah. Brett, uh, Brett Brown has said that when Ben Simmons comes back, he is going to play the point guard position. Now, I, I, I want to ask you, I want your opinion. Do you think Ben Simmons can play the point guard position? I know he has handle. You know, I know he can bring the ball up. But yeah. can he run this offense? Do you believe that he can? I do. And the, the good thing is he's going to have about 20 games to kind of figure it out. And then he'll have all summer and he'll be a different type of player next year um just the fact that he was born and raised in australia uh you know the the foreign players they have a a better concept of team basketball and here in the states it's a lot more individual basketball so the fact that he is a facilitator and he wants to distribute um it makes him uh ready you know in the uh hypothetical sense because you know it doesn't really count to get out there <laughs> no, exactly. but yeah but for right now yeah hey man let him you know who else is going to run your point guard i think tj mcconnell has been playing very well mm-hmm. but jared bayless is out with an injury indefinitely mm-hmm. and um you know let this kid get his feet wet and hey if he has seven turnovers and and 10 rebounds and 18 assists I, i'll take it I, I so so give so give, so given that if 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 you mm-hmm. if you believe that Ben Simmons can play the point guard position and and you know that he you know he he's coming back he'll be he'll be back in a few weeks why has there been yeah. so much talk about going out and getting another point guard because we've heard the name Drew Holiday come up in in talks now in yeah. in your opinion, is that just talk, or do you think that is a do you think that is currently a realistic, like, is that a real lane that they could go down? I think I think it is. You definitely want to explore a seasoned point guard for the team because you have a presence such as Embiid. Mm-hmm. You have Noel who's, who's playing very well and 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 fits in nicely with with Embiid at the front court position. Um, it doesn't hurt to have someone who's a veteran, who's steady, and and can kind of help the young fella, mm-hmm. you know, because he's gonna he's gonna learn the hard way. Uh, but if he has some help, you know, then TJ becomes like your your third point guard. Mm-hmm. That's not so bad, especially right now. Okay. Um, this team is is going to look really good in three years. They're going to look <laughs> great. In four years, mm-hmm. but but right now it's kind of like um, when Iverson first came to Philly, they yeah. were hovering around like twenty two wins, maybe twenty one. Mm-hmm. The second year was like twenty four. That third year was the lockout shortened season, you know. But in year five, they went to the finals. Yeah. So this team will get there, but they do need those types of pieces. If Drew Holiday's available, I'm sure he wouldn't mind coming back because the chatter around the league is this kid Simmons and this kid Embiid, they're special, mm-hmm. and I want in. 
So, 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 so given that, and, and I guess, you know, bringing in, bringing in Drew Holiday kind of moves everyone else down the, the depth chart. Now, one, uh, you know, I, I don't care about Sergio uh, Rodriguez. You know, I like him, but if you got to get rid of him, oh, well. But yeah. but also, you know, you do still have Gerald Bayless in tow, and you signed him to right. a three-year deal. What happens to him if you were to make a deal like that for uh, Drew Holiday? Well, I suspect if they get Drew Holiday, then Okafor is packing his bag. So, mm-hmm. It doesn't hurt to have a, a solid guard. Um, maybe Drew can slide over and play a little bit of two. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he can. Uh, you know, but Colangelo's still trying to figure it out. I think his biggest problem is what, what's going to happen in the front court. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, he's scouting a lot of these young guards like a Malik Monk, like Alonzo Ball, you know, trying to see if maybe they could fit into – you know, the Sixers' um, future plans because mm-hmm. that's what it's about. It's not so much now. Now we kind of still have some room to figure it out, but it's like, what does this team look like two years from now? Right, and well, that's mm-hmm. what Brian has to figure out. That's what he has to figure out. So you, you touched on that, you know, what's going to happen with this front court. You said you thought J- Ja Okafor is packing his bags. In your opinion, why is he the one that has to go? Yeah, because defensively, he's a liability. He's mm-hmm. gotten better, mm-hmm. and I think he will continue to get better. But the tandem of Noel and Embiid, and then you can have Ersan, Eliasova playing a stretch four, mm-hmm. it works. And with Embiid on the floor, everybody's that much better, mm-hmm. like like that much head and shoulders better than, than they are without him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the numbers back it up. So it's kind of like uh, – you know, hey, he's the weak link, and um, you know, offensively, he's he's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but defensively, he's a liability. And you know, we all know that it's not about how much you can score. Everybody can score in the NBA. Mm-hmm. It's how much you can stop the other team from scoring. <laughs> no, I understand. I understand. Well, yeah. well, look a little. Uh, spoke on this a little bit. I, I talked about this a little bit earlier because. I, I I completely totally understand. I get why people you know, I get the criticism that Okafor gets for yeah. his defense. You know, he is a defensive liability. And there there have been too many times when you watch a Sixers game with Embiid on the floor and they build a lead only for that yeah. second unit and Okafor to come in and you watch that lead kind of dwindle. Yeah. However, however, you know, like you said, he 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 is a he is a pretty good offensive player, and it seems yeah. like so many people are down on him. So many people have checked out on Ja Okafor, and in the end, I still see a twenty-one-year-old kid who had one year of college, who has played eighty-three total games, yet so many yeah. people in Philadelphia are convinced that he can never get better, that they've seen all that they need to see out of him, and he'll never get better. And and part of that kind of, it, it, that kind of, you know, kind of, you know, I, I don't get that. You know, I'm, I'm not quite sure if I agree. I, I understand, you know, how bad he is 
defensively. But I don't I'm not yet convinced that he can't get better defensively. I think he can get better defensively, but we've actually kind of been in this situation before, and I'll take you back to when Iverson came in 96. By 97, Jerry Stackhouse was gone. Yeah, yeah. And the reason is because they didn't coexist. Larry Brown figured a way that, hey, Iverson needs the ball. AI is a very ball-dominant guard. And he can win us games. So let's surround him with people that are role players and can understand their what they need to do specifically on the court, like a George Lynch, like a Tyrone Hill, like a Theo Ratliff. So when you look at it from that spectrum, okay, you get Embiid with a Noel, a really good defensive presence. He can catch the lob. He can play weak side. You know, he doesn't need the ball, but he can score. Elias Sova stretches the defense. He can knock down the three. He can get some little putbacks. So look at the front court in terms of, hmm, Okafor is great. And if we keep him, you know, he is going to bloom. He is going to blossom. But we don't need him next to a presence like Embiid. That's where you get little complicated and like Jerry Stackhouse he has to go Anthony (laughs) Anthony you're killing me man I've I've had I had I had this vision it happened Mm -hmm. it 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 came to me I think it was February of 2015 sitting in sitting at home kicking back watching uh, Duke versus North Carolina and Duke had to, and, and I was I, I was rooting hard for Duke to lose, but they had <laughs> like to, they like it, but they had this center, and he was great, yeah. and I knew my team had two centers already, but I sat there and I've been on like like people who know this podcast. I had a vision, and this vision was called hashtag Center City. That was wow, the vision. Like that that was a vision, you know. I I, I, I told I told Scott O'Neill, I was like, look, you know what? I don't mind if you steal this. I'm just gonna tell everyone you yeah. stole it. But you go ahead, you <laughs> use it for whatever you want, you know. Just just know that when you see me, I'm gonna point out to I'm, I'm point out to you that I gave I gave this to you. But there it was. I'm like, I know we got two centers, but this guy is awesome. You get him and you make it work. You figure out how to make it work. I don't care what you got to do. I know. I know you can't play them all at the same time. I know something's got to give, but look, I want him. And I got him. Now, granted, I'm going to be honest. I kind of gave up on the dream a little bit because I thought there was no way that, I thought there was no way the Lakers would take D'Angelo Russell over him. I'm like, cause yeah. I'm still old school, and I still feel like you, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't give up on size. So right. when we got the third pick, I'm like, oh, well, very close. It's not gonna happen. He's gonna go out to the Lakers, yeah. and I'm gonna end up hating him for the rest of his life. But no, we ended up getting him. But it looks like it, you know. I, I, I'm a man. I'm, 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 a, I'm on an island. Cause I'm sitting here, yeah. and I'm like, I don't think I, I still think, I still believe that. There is some good for him, and he could still help this team. But I understand why he has to go. 
I understand yeah. that he has to go, and I, I and, and I think your your Jerry Stackhouse analogy is a great one. It's probably the perfect one. Whereas you know mm. we thought Jerry Stackhouse was going to be a superstar when we drafted him. So yeah. when we when we drafted him, and then we traded him. And didn't necessarily get superstars back. We got Theo Ratliff. We got Aaron McKee. Mm-hmm. You know, on the surface, you're sitting here thinking, "What are you doing?" You, we, you. Th- I thought we got fleeced. I, uh, I in fact, I can't. You know, yeah. I, I know who it was. I told Jeff Mosha this. When <laughs> I told I told Jeff Mosha, I said, "You know what? When, when Larry Brown made that trade, when he traded Jer- when he initially traded Jerry Stackhouse." for Theo Ratliff and Aaron McKee. As much as I love the fact that Aaron McKee was back in Philly, I thought Larry Brown was on crack. I, I literally <laughs> thought, like, Larry Brown, I, Larry Brown is on drugs. I'm like, this man has yeah. lost his mind. How do you trade the second pick in the, how do you trade the second pick in the draft for this crap? You know, the, like, yeah. like we're going to yeah. lose, you know, I thought, you know, I thought we had our backcourt of the future, and even if we didn't, I'm like, you're going to get a superstar in return. We're going to be all right, and that's what you got. But in the end, you ended up getting two cornerstone pieces, you know, two, very, you know, true pieces to fit around your star. So for me, it's like, you Absolutely. know, I understand that people say, I understand when people say, you know, we 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 got to get that we're not going to get equal value. And we might not get a superstar in return for Jaleel Okafor because, unfortunately, Jaleel Okafor hasn't proven that he's a superstar yet. But if you could, yeah. if we can come back with a couple pieces to surround Simmons and and be with, I'll be good. You know, as long as we don't, you know, as long as it's not you know Barkley for the pack of smokes we got for him. But <laughs> but you know, it, it is it, it is what it is. But yeah. once once again, we are here, Anthony Gilbert from Slam Magazine. We are, you know, coming in talking talking a little bit of Sixers. Now, you know, and Beast, it's it's crazy given the way we this team has been over the last couple of years. But Embiid's starting to have people really talking playoffs. Like he said it yeah. the, first, the first time he said it. You know, he sounded just like you did, just right. You know, just then. <laughs> People sounded just like that, like a couple of weeks ago they, when he when he first caught. said playoffs. It, yeah, oh, 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 okay, young man. Um, who's 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 driving him home from practice today? I don't know yeah. if he needs to be. Bo- <laughs> What's in that Shirley Temple that you've been drinking? But you know, fast forward a couple of weeks. You know, you you've you've beaten a couple of playoff contenders. Absolutely. You know, the, the the talk has changed. Now, now you're around, you're around this team. Are are they starting to buy in? Are are you starting to get that feeling that this team is that this team is starting to really buy into playoffs now? Like why not now? Yeah, it's it's crazy because I think even his team was looking at him like, "Well, <laughs> wait a minute." Yeah. But you know, as they keep winning, as they beat Charlotte, as they beat Toronto, you know, the team is getting some real confidence, you know, even in the games that they're losing, like they beat Milwaukee, even the games that they lost, they were still in it, you know? So they're like six or seven out from eighth Mm -hmm. place. And it's not the all-star break. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, it could happen. Like they could get hot like the green Bay Packers. 
and just, and just really don't go on the stretch. So in in your mind, I mean, do you think they're there yet, or do you think this is something? Do you think they might be a little bit overzealous? Right. Well, I think it's what you want from your team. You want your team to fight. You want your team to to give it their all. You know, if you look at the the sports heroes in Philly, you know, it's the ones that you know represented the city really well, like Brian Dawkins. Mm-hmm. He didn't take any days off. He was tough as nails. You know, he he played through the whistle. You know, he ran through a brick wall for the Philadelphia Eagles, just like Iverson. Like, Iverson had every injury known to to man. And, um, you know, the fans rallied around him. And, and you can see that this team is really scratching and clawing and, and fighting on a, a nightly basis. And you want them to have high hopes, even if they fall short. Uh, you, that's, that's what you want. We haven't had that. In a really long time here. A really, 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 (laughs) really long, long, very, very, very long time. Hey, uh, Anthony, before before we let you go, one just one one last question. I mean, where like when when this season's over, where do you where where do you see this team? I see this team as. you know, it, it's kind of they're kind of like the stock market. Mm-hmm. Oh. This is the type of stock you want to get in on the ground floor because yeah. in about two, three years they're going to turn into Google. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like this is the beginning. You know, and and this time, unlike four years ago, like it's real now. Mm-hmm. Like like it's it, this is for real. So you know, this is when you want to go and buy your Sixers hat, and this is when you want to, you know. Change your avatar on Facebook, and you know you want to do it now. <laughs> I'm working on that. I will have my Sixer avatar up by the end of the night, and it will and, 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 and it will be good. Once again, Anthony Gilbert from Slam Magazine. Thank you, my brother. I really, really appreciate it, man. John, a pleasure always. Thank you. All right, real quick for the people that are listening, tell tell them how they can get in contact with you. Sure. Uh, all of my social network handles are the same. It's A-X Gilbert. So at A-X Gilbert, you can find me. And uh, let's have a healthy debate. A healthy debate. So no so no, uh, so no, no foolishness, basically. That's, that's what you say. No, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, thank you, my brother. I really appreciate it. All right? John, thanks again. All right, hey, that was Anthony Gilbert from Slam Magazine. Hey, look, y'all, I got to get out of here, man. It's time to go. Hey, enjoy the sports this weekend. Enjoy the football. Enjoy basketball. Enjoy college basketball, everything that you got going on. All right? My name is John Brown. This has been the best in the world sports report. Once again, you can hit me up anytime. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at B-I-T-W Sports. For those of you that have listened on the Philly Go Flow, once again, check me out every Saturday, 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow. I really appreciate that. Appreciate that love. Uh, Thank you for downloading the podcast. Once again, you can hit that up, soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports. My name is John Brown. This has been the best in the world sports report. I'm out, y'all. Peace.